unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, and the return of a very intriguing guest. We we had a lot of teasing that went on last week, and I kept hoping that we were going to get the, the closing of this loop, and, and we didn't get it in time. So Kyle agreed to come back on this week's episode, and I'm going to just shut my mouth and hand it over to the two of you, David and Kyle. Thank you both for coming back. Well, thanks for warming us up and welcoming us, Nathan. Um, yeah, let's get right to it. Kyle Milligan is an award-winning copywriter at Agora Financial. He's had success early because he figured out what works, and he figured it out by doing a lot of research and analyzing what he was finding, and um, then, you know, turning that into a series of patterns and principles and steps, and he doesn't think it's a big deal, and thank God he doesn't understand how valuable it is yet, because he's still willing to talk about it in public. Uh, One thing I'd like to uh, get out of the way before we get to what I really want to talk about is that copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast, and most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and if you're writing copy in highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So Kyle, welcome back and um, enough of the tease, man. Let's, let's get into the real deal. All right. Well, thanks for having me back. Thanks for the introduction. Um, thanks for the awesome conversation last time. So sure. I think what we're looking for this time is. Well, I, I think we want to talk about the four emotions of copywriting, what they are, how you use them, and, and again, how you found them. Because um, like I said, um, a lot of people read a lot of copy, but you read copy differently. It mm-hmm. seems. And so maybe you can take us through the journey of when when these four emotions started to pop up and when you started to use them and if magic started to happen or what happened. Okay, cool. So, uh, again, you're going to hear me say this a lot. None of this was my idea. So I think it was probably Joe, uh, Schrieffer, Agora Financial and Evaldo and Ryan McGrath who really pushed this idea of actively reading copy. Like don't, don't just be a passive reader, try to figure things out. And we talked about like, you know, not judging the copy. Like if, if it made m- millions of dollars, you don't get to say if it's good or not. It is good. The market already decided for you on your behalf. So just figure out why it's good. So when you're reading copy, um, uh, you basically uh, want to figure out things like we talked about last time. You want to actively read, like where are the patterns that you can spot? And the patterns can exist intra copy, like inside one promo, for instance, you'll see the big promise on page one. Then it'll appear on page two, and then it'll appear on page three. And then they'll give like some examples or proof, and you'll see it again there on page five at the end of all those examples. But you see like, wow, he keeps this one number. I think that's another important pattern is he doesn't change the number. He doesn't change the promise. It's the same promise every single time he says, oh, by the way, it can get you this. Which brings me to another mistake I see like beginner guys make. Like, hey, remember I told you you get a million dollars? Well, 
it'll also get you a higher vertical or, you know, or 10 times your bench press. And it's like, what? I I didn't start reading for that. And beginners think that more is more, but it's not less is more. And that's something we talked about last time. But so again, it comes all back to that thing. Like simplicity is key. Less is more. The hardest thing copywriters can do is the least amount of work. So um, I'm left with like uh, this this pile of promos. I don't know how to do copy. And I just kind of start reading. And this is how the big four emotions started to develop. I, um, I started a YouTube channel basically to kind of keep me honest. Yeah, feel, feel free to sh- give a shout out to what the YouTube channel is and how people find it and what it's about. Yeah, it's just Kyle Milligan Copywriter. And I think I want to rebrand that as like the Copy Squad or do a YouTube brand thing, but they're going to delete all my comments if I do that, which is annoying, so I, I haven't yet. Um, but yeah, so it's Kyle Milligan Copywriter. And the whole point of the YouTube channel, twofold, because I get this question too, why are you doing this? So when I first started it, the answer was, I don't really have a reason. These were kind of like my reasons were, one, I read a book called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. And he said, build your network before you need a network. And I had zero network. Like in the copywriting world, I didn't know anybody. I still don't know anybody. I still don't know all the big names. People will sit around and talk about so-and-so wrote this or that. And I might recognize the headline, but I never know the names. I'm terrible at networking. I know this. This is, this is a fact. So I said, okay, I'll do YouTube. People can watch me break down sales letters. Now, does anybody want to watch me break down sales letters? I assumed no. However, the second part of that was uh, I would be more on the ball for breaking down sales letters. If there was one guy who would subscribe and be like, hey, man, where's your breakdown? I'd be like, ah, I owe that guy a breakdown. So there was basically an act of ritualization to make me do it more. Yeah. And if you watch, my first breakdown was for Money Maps Heat Seekers promo, which is like 118 trades, zero losses. And it's kind of just, that is the original. That's me like, hey, what are they doing here? What are they doing here? Uh, and there is no like new, easy, safe, or big. There's nothing like that. You watch like the second or third one, when I get to like dark trades, you'll notice I have like seven core emotions that I see appearing over and over and over. It's like the sentence is either going to say one of, like you go through the whole promo and each consecutive sentence is going to say one of seven ideas. Either that it's a new thing or that it's super easy to do. All you do, like, and you can tie specific phrases to these core ideas. Like, all you need to do is, that's the easy thing to do. Like, uh, it couldn't be simpler. Anybody can do this. Like, anytime they give you a case study, it usually, you know, is about some Joe Schmo. Like the one-legged golfer ad, right? That is a testament to how easy this is. So I'm scrolling down each sentence. I'm like, because I'm reading so much copy. I'm like, all this copy is the same. All of it says the same thing. And, you know, it's, it's unique ideas within a structure. So every line is a unique expression of one of these emotions. And you'll see if someone were to take the time, because some of these breakdowns take me two and a half hours, right? So I'm like, no one's ever going to watch this. But somehow they started watching it and just, I guess, eating it up in digestible 20 or 30 minute chunks. So as the videos progress, you'll see me whittle down how many emotions I think they're doing. And I break them down into what has become the big four emotions. And technically, there's, there does become eight. But that's because the other four are what I call alter egos. Like, and they work as amplifiers for the core four. So it still comes down to those same four, just expressed in a different way. Okay. So 
I guess dive into that now, you think? Yeah. Right. Definitely. Please. All right. Finally. <laughs> so the big four emotions are new, easy, safe, and big. And there's a guy, Ken Ken Mello, I think. Yeah. I was sitting at the kitchen counter in Agora Financial and I had this thing, these four emotions. And I said, I said, Hey man, I need help. I said, I've got this new, safe, easy, big thing, but I got no way to remember it. Like no one's ever going to remember this. And I think it was his idea to switch the S and the E and make it Nesby. And he said, that's easier to remember. And Nesby. I was like, yeah. Okay. I was like, okay. See, again, I didn't come up with that. I really don't come. When I have a problem or a thing, I kind of just complain loudly until someone figures it out for me. And then I go, ah, take their money. Uh, I credit that to my friend, Man- Manny Madrano. I was in a Slack channel with Manny, Billion Dollar Braddock, and, and Tyler Reyes and Ben Ogren. And I was like, so I'm writing this book. <laughs> and I had one of those classic headline titles, you know, the copywriter's guide, the $7.1 million blueprint, a better copy. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. I want to do something. I don't know. But I, was, I was a big Frank Kern fanboy. And he wrote this book called Convert 2.0. And I was like, hey, that's just so much simpler. And Manny says, well, what do people want? Like, what do they really want to do? They want to get money or something like that. And he might have even said literally take their money. But he came up with that title too. So again, like when I have a question or a problem, I start just like asking everybody until I hear something. Oh, that, that's the title now. I see. All right. That is my process. And when I have a problem with my promo, I go, well, how did someone else do a mechanism in this situation? I go find another. I don't know, man. For a guy who's a terrible networker, it sounds like you you're doing okay. They're, they're co-workers. I didn't have to go find them. They were just there. Oh, I see. <laughs> All right. Well, that's different. So, yeah, let's talk about new, easy, safe, and big because um, ah, it sounds pretty simple, but I think it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. And, it, I, and, you know, each one of those words is four letters or less, they're, and they're very simple words, but those are the words. In other words, it, it seems like, if you have the right structure and you can keep every sentence focused on one of those four emotions, uh, your chances of succeeding are greatly enhanced. You're going to make a lot more money with the sales letter. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So it comes back to that idea where we said less is more, you know, like the hardest thing for copywriters to do is the least dude. If, if, if you need a guideline for what to strip away and what not to strip away, if it doesn't check one of the boxes of new, easy, safe, and big, and then it doesn't appeal to a sales emotion. It doesn't sell the product. If I explain to you, you know, what a uh, stochastic stock marketing indicator is and how it works, does that sound easy? Does that no. sound safe? It doesn't even sound new. We know that that's been around. They'll probably introduce it. Like that's the, that's the wrong way to sell. The stochastic indicator has been around since 1987. It uses a series of algorithms and blah, blah, blah. Like none of that sounds sexy. It doesn't sound new. It doesn't sound easy. It doesn't sound safe and it doesn't sound big. It could maybe at the end of that presentation. So I'll give you a little bit more in depth and tell you about the alter egos too. So essentially we're looking at four guttural emotions and they are summed up in very easy to grasp words like new, easy, safe, and big. So here's the here's how it goes. So new news guttural emotion is based on attention and hope. Uh, so essentially, when you see something new, you, it triggers your dopamine. It opens up your brain. It, it increases memory. When there's something completely new and novel, there's an experiment called the oddball experiment. 
uh, by this uh, German guy, Duzel, and uh, I can't remember the other guy. And essentially what they did is they showed someone a bunch of images, outdoor, indoor scenes, and basically then they measured their brain response as they continued to, they showed them those cards or whatever images, mm-hmm. you know, then sometime later, I can't remember when, they showed them those again. But then they showed them an oddball image, a new novel image that didn't mesh with outdoor scenery. It could be a red ball, like it could be something completely different. And it spikes this thing called like the NT the NASVT section of your brain or something like that and uh, opens these dopamine pathways. Dopamine is not a reward thing because once we get to a goal, we're no longer satisfied. Dopamine is about the pursuit of the reward. It's a motivation drug or a motivation chemical. People think it's a reward chemical. Uh, uh-uh. Cause once you get there, you're unhappy again. <laughs> so um, dopamine drives you to pursue rewards. So it opens that. And basically that same thing. Okay pushes you to explore. Okay. So when you think about it like that, it pushes you to explore. So when you see novelty, you have this new trigger to explore more and, and learn and discover what, what rewards could this hold? Okay. So link that to copywriting and emotion. So when you see something new, you're sometimes it stops you in your tracks. It's basically like the solution potentially to like one of your problems. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people have experienced a failure in solving one of their problems. Uh, if you've if you've tried Rogaine and your hair didn't grow back, right? And then you're scrolling and then you see this thing that says, you know, scrub your hair back into existence, right? Something like that. That's like, what is that? I've never heard of scrubbing my hair into existence, you know? So it solves like an old problem in a new way. So the, the idea is that, okay, well, I'm interested in exploring more to see if this is the same as something I've seen before or it's BS or not. But the idea is new triggers hope because I haven't tried this before and I have this long-standing problem. So I, it, the point is if your copy isn't new, it doesn't present a new idea, then your brain is always looking for a way to cash out. Like it's, it's primary focus or objective is to do less work. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you a question. So it seems like new, but like with the example you gave and most of the examples I'm familiar with, it's, a new way to solve an existing problem that somebody has already tried before. It's not new in the sense of the movie Avatar where all the people have blue skin, right? It's, it's new in a, in, within this narrow framework of something the person's already interested in and a new way to approach doing that or getting that. Would that yeah. be right? It still has to be useful. You know, it still has to be useful to your audience. You still got to know your customer, but it does have to present them with a new idea. And a lot of times you can grab their attention with something new and unique. And, but if it's disjointed from what you're going to offer the copy, you lose them. But that initial grasp with their attention and hope, uh, it's more powerful if it's it's useful, you know? Okay. Um, So that's the, the, the point of new, yeah, is to inspire hope that this is the thing that I've been waiting for. <clears throat> it's at the top of the list very specifically. Uh, safe used to be number two, because I do kind of think safe is the number two most important emotion, but for the sake of the mnemonic device, it's gotten switched with easy. So that's new. Uh, easy. Easy is really about that same thing I was saying, that if it sounds like work, I don't want to do it. Everyone is busy, even like couch potato stoners are busy like they can't be bothered to get off the couch you know 
So <laughs> it's nobody wants to acquire more hassle. So in the copy, it, you need to remind them almost like you need to beat them over the face with how easy and how effortless this will be. It will not be a drain on your resources, will not be a drain on your time, anything like that. Like it's push button as it gets. Like I do all the heavy lifting for you. You simply make a decision to invest or not. Like that's kind of the presentation of it. So that's easy. Uh, so is, is there an alter, alter ego emotion or a guttural emotion that goes with, with easy? Yeah. So what I think I'll do is let's just, we'll zip through the first four. Um, I spent a lot of time on new because new is so important. I'll come back to one other thing. Ryan McGrath taught me this. Uh, new and different. This is for new. New and different is always better than better. So uh, we go back to that uh, oddball experiment where they showed you a novel thing. The, if I showed you outdoor images, I have to show you something with absolute novelty to trigger the same response, meaning outdoor trees. I have to show you a red ball. If I show you these kinds of outdoor trees, and then I show you those kinds of outdoor trees, no difference. That's relative novelty. Okay? You have to do something new and different. So Ryan, I don't know if he got this from someone else, but I heard it from him. New and different is better than better. Okay? Has to be different. Has to be uniquely absolute novelty. Ryan's like another version of Vivaldo. When Ryan says something, I listen to it. Oh, yeah. I, I try to. I write it down. <laughs> so, um, so that's really important. I want to state that for folks who think like, oh, well, this is like a plunger, but better. No, no, no. It's not like anything. You've never seen this before. It's unique. Okay. That's, that's got to be in your brain. Okay. Um, so easy. And then we'll come back and do the alter egos. I'm moving. I'm pushing through this. So uh, safe. Safe is a, a one that does carry a lot of weight because basically safe is about, safe is really difficult. It's about that feeling of security. It's not like wearing a bicycle helmet and knee pads. It's about feeling that I am in good hands, that this is a, it offers some sort of like credible and predictable results, which goes, which lends into the alter ego I'll get into in just a second. But essentially like when Peyton Manning appears on an ad, he's letting you know, I endorse this. Like if I endorse it, then you can count on it. And that's what the safety emotion is. So whenever you're labeling, when you're doing case studies, when you're doing testimonials, when you're showing, you know, CNBC said that this stock is poised to shoot to the moon. Well, if CNBC said so, then it's not just this one guy. Yeah, and, and, and Peyton Manning is interesting because maybe he's not Tom Brady, but there's a sense of consistency and solidity about Peyton Manning. Not that I'm trying to promote Peyton Manning. I just want to comment on your example. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that seems very safe. I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so that's just, that's just safety by proximity, right? Just put your thing next to a safe thing and psh, that becomes safe. Um, so then the last one is big. And I think that's really important because you can do all three things, right? I saw a copywriter put something on a Facebook group, like, please review my copy. And the opening line was like, improve something by like 1% to 2%. <laughs> and I think he was trying to avoid like, over promising and under delivering. And I was like, man, I am turning the page. If your first line talks about some 2%, 3%, like beat the market by 3% or something like that. No, man, like I'll take my chances with the market and then read some random person's offer that can move the needle in my life by 3%. Um, so it has to, the big emotion means like your result. If it is a new result, if it's an easy result to achieve and it's safe enough that you can count on it to actually happen, it needs to actually be a result that moves the needle 
in the prospect or reader or customer's life in a material way. And that's where the, the big promise has to be a big promise, you know? So that's the big four new, yeah. easy, safe, and big. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it, it, it was sort of a process of elimination. There, there are lots of other things that people use in copy and, you know, you'll, you'll see in Gene Schwartz and Schwab and, and Claude Hopkins, they're, they're talking about all of these different aspects and considerations. And those are good and those are true. But I think, I think you've nailed it with these four. Do you, do you want to share the, the guttural um, emotions for the other three? Yeah. So let's talk about the alter egos and I'll explain why they're alter egos. And it's funny because copywriting applies to this explanation because all this stuff packs in so much information into four to eight words. And uh, it's, this is the layman's explanation, right? This is the, what I was talking about before and the technical explanation we're diving into. So new has an alter ego. So if new runs into a telephone booth and pulls off his business suit, comes out Superman, his alter ego is only. Okay. So new goes to only. And the word only indicates exclusivity, which is an emotion, you know, that all the other guys talk about, you know, like it's gotta be, there's, there's so many of those, like there's like 42 emotions out there you can talk about. But if you, if you join new, right, this is something new and different you've never experienced before. Couple that with this idea of only, which is exclusivity. And the the term only means, uh, I'm Kyle Milligan. I can teach you the big four emotions. I'm the only person in the world who's talking about this and explaining it as a sales language. Well, now, not only do I have something new and different, I'm backing it up with the fact that I'm the only person talking about it. I'm the only person with the solution. So it doubles down on this effect that this is, in fact, new and different. This, in, in fact, could be that thing you've been looking for because you can't find it elsewhere. It limits further the ability to commoditize in the reader's mind what it is you're offering. That's great. So new only. Those guys are buddies. Okay. Next in the line is easy. And easy's alter ego is anybody. So you can establish that something's super easy to do. Like just, just plug and play, right? Just, uh, just push the button, et cetera, et cetera. Well, then you've kind of got all these other things where, yeah, but. Yeah, but I don't have a bajillion dollars. Or, you know, think about, look what James Bond does. Look how James Bond gets all the girls. He's just suave. He's just smooth. Just be smooth. Yeah, but I'm not James Bond. So that's the next objection. It's so easy. You just, you just relax. You just be yourself. Yeah, but that's James Bond. I'm not James Bond. So easy is the, like, then you couple that with anybody. No, no, no. I know a one-legged golfer who did that, right? So when you say, I got this golf swing, we'll take off 10 jillion strokes off your game. And you say, yeah, but that guy was able to, you know, afford like a $900 club, I bet, with like a jetpack attached to the bottom. No, 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 no. Anybody can afford this. It's only a $50 club, actually. And uh, again, that guy only had one leg and he was blind in his left eye and he got a hole in one like every time. <laughs> so the more barriers you can strip away and you can use what's called not statements. I learned this from Joe Schrieffer and Copy Camp. You can use not statements. So in one of our promos we opened with, uh, I have this pre-IPO prospectus. This is a hottest IPO promo we wrote in uh, February 2018. Yeah. So this was like, I have this pre-IPO prospectus. It'll help you capitalize or make 
invest in this private company that's growing faster than anything I've ever seen before. And you do not have to be an accredited investor. You do not need insider connections and you do not need a million dollars. Those are not statements. So every time you drop a not statement, it should eliminate the barrier or the objection that, well, that's you. <laughs> you can do that. I can't. So the easy's, in, easy's buddy. Yeah, it's so easy. And anybody can do it. That couples down. All right. So you've enhanced that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next element will be safety. We talked about basically credibility and feeling secure in your decision that this is a smart move. So the next item of that is predictability. So if easy says, well, that's not me, you know, you can do it because you're a stud. I can't because I'm just a, a normal Joe. Well, easy has anybody. So safe. It's safe. It, whenever those things come up, yeah, but it's, uh, that was then. This is now. It's the same feeling. It's the same emotion. Yeah, but that was a one-off. No, no, no. Safe's alter ego is predictability. You establish a pattern for success. So when you see these system promos for stock traders, it's like, look what happened last year, last January. We pushed the button. The, the stock went in the zone. We pushed the button. We got rich. Okay, cool. What happened next week? Stock went in the zone. We pushed the button. We got rich. Don't believe me? Ted, who had $4 to his name, took his last $4, invested it in the stock when it went in the zone. He pushed the button and went to the moon. He got rich. He went from 4 to $10 billion. So we, we just incorporated easy, safe, and big, right? So it's all in that one sentence. You hit all those emotions, I become sexy. Yeah. So um, the predictable aspect of it is setting a pattern. The common objection I get to predictable, like, whoa, 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 whoa. What if I'm predicting something in the future? Well, all you have to do is establish the pattern. So essentially, if you're going to say 5G is the, the future or or something like that. Like, let's pick any prediction. Like, how do I establish a pattern for something that hasn't happened yet? Well, it's simple. You establish a analogous pattern beside it. Like, iPhones replace the mobile phones, you know? Cars replace horse and buggy, and now 5G is replacing Wi-Fi. So what you do is, and someone asked this question, I asked Facebook, like, what should I talk about on David Garfinkel's podcast? How do you get the reader to come to their own conclusion was one of the questions. Mm -hmm. You first establish the pattern Okay, so that they see it at least twice. Like, oh, when this happens, that happens. Oh, and over here, when that happened, that happened. So this is happening. So then all you say is, okay, so we saw in a 5G promo with Jeff Clark, uh, Bonner and Partners. He says, every time the network catches up to the technology, it explodes. So he gives you an example of the time the internet happened and then technology explodes or something like that. Like there were computers with no internet. There was no cables that could do it. So then that happened, boom, it blew up. And then he said, well, there was cell phones, but no like 4G or I don't know, I, don't, I forget already. And then boom, he said, well, guess what just happened? The network just caught up to the technology and the reader automatically, oh, so it's going to explode. So that's how you create predictability in a thing that's never happened before. So that's predictable. That's awesome. That was really great. <laughs> I didn't come up with it. They did. I just saw it. So, okay. yeah. So then um, the last one is big. Okay. So I love this. This is so easy to demonstrate. What's better than a cream that makes you look 15 years younger? What's better than a program that introduces your bench or introduces that increases your bench press by 200%? What's better than a jumping regimen that boosts your vertical by 12 inches. A cream that will make your face look 15 years younger overnight. A workout program that'll increase your bench press in, by 200% in one week. 
a uh, jumping regimen that'll increase your vertical in three steps. Or I probably should give it more of a timely thing. Increase your vertical um, in 48 hours, something like that. So essentially, bigs alter ego. Like You want to have a big result, something that moves the needle in your life in a significant way and improves your situation, but you don't want to wait forever for it. You want it to happen immediately. So bigs alter ego is going to be fastness, rapid, rapidity, if that's a word. Mm-hmm. That, those are the big four and they're alter egos. Wow. That, that we, we could have spent 10 hours on that because it's so good. Um, so new, easy, safe, and big and news alter ego is only easy's alter ego is anybody. Safe's alter ego is predictability and big's alter ego is fast or rapid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm sort of dumbstruck. Nathan, would you talk for a while? I got to work. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say this really, all of this really appeals to two core emotions, I think, which is increasing the desirability and overcoming the objections. And that's, I mean, that's really the point of really good sales copy is how do I make this more desirable to the person? I know they already kind of want it. How do I make it more desirable? And I know that they've got a bunch of things in the back of their head saying, this isn't going to work for me. So how do I overcome that? And uh, this, this new, easy, safe, and big kind of uh, organizational way of, of looking at it strips down your copy to only addressing those two core things. And that's really what copy is supposed to do. So, I mean, I, I'm just having my mind blown over here left <laughs> and right during this episode. Okay, good. Well, I've, I've regained my ability to talk, so you can, you can uh, uh, take care of your mind for a little while there, Nathan. Um, so, wow, Kyle, this is awesome. Um, you have a whole book about this, right, called Take Their Money, available yes. on kylethewriter.com? Yep, correct. And I want to talk to Nathan's point. I think the, the two core emotions, I think that's, you know, that totally makes sense. It totally is the truth. Like it's, in, you are, you nailed it. I think that the hiccup is the gap becomes, and this is where I feel like everyone struggles. And they always ask that question. Like I understand their sales triggers. I understand I have to do this. And I have to do that. How? That's always the big question. You know, you, you show them the what or the why, and then you sell them the how. So this is the how, like now you, you want to think about how I can make this um, bigger or how, how do I take this thing that I've got and now I frame it as something brand new. Like, how do I explain this in a way that makes it seem very easy? And then whenever you find yourself not abiding those four rules, you realize you're violating the two core emotions that you're talking about. You're, you're, you're going against them directly if you don't make it new, easy, safe, and big. And that becomes something you must eject from the copy. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, I, I want to point out that what you're talking about here is a different form of creativity. You probably wouldn't even call it creativity. You'd probably call it getting things in the right categories, but this is not a tax return. This is copywriting. <laughs> you're having to, I'm saying that because he in a former life had a master's in accounting. Um, probably still has it. Probably doesn't. Oh. made it go away (laughs) like harry potter um but so yeah it's like the creativity is finding just the right way to write a different sentence that's interesting about new or a different sentence about easy or taking easy to anybody 
It's not as glamorous, as I said in the previous show, not as sexy, and it's harder. But man, does it pay off, doesn't it? I, I, I would argue that it does. I would say yes. Um, I do have one other thing. So I, I know I get this every time I present new Easy, Safe, and Big, and I'm going to head off this objection before it comes up in your comments box. Okay. What about urgency? Always, always, always. Well, what about urgency? Isn't that an emotion? And I, I have an explanation for urgency. And I look to urgency as not a big four emotion, but it does have an alter ego. Urgency is hot sauce. If I try to plug urgency into every single sentence, I'm going to piss off people, scare them away, tell them, buy now, buy now, buy now, buy now. Nobody wants to hear that. It's a hot sauce that you sprinkle in there every so often to remind them, oh, this is closing up. And urgency's alter ego is scarcity. So urgency is a timeliness factor saying that you've got a limited amount of time with (laughs) by August 2nd, right? So that's not scarce. Scarcity is quantitative. So you've got till August 6th. And actually, we only have 49 copies of this product or box or service or whatever spots available. So so those I just kind of want to hit on those at least for one second urgency and scarcity are hot sauce, not big for there. You can't they're not meat and potatoes, man, you can't sit down and gorge yourself on urgency. Yeah, no, no, that's that's a good point. It's like after you've covered these things, then you need to bring in urgency for a little seasoning. But but the main meat and potatoes of your of your copy is new, easy, safe, and big. Wow, Kyle, thank you so much. Again, we've run out of time. That's our not urgency, but time limitation. I, <laughs> uh, I want to thank you so much, um, Nathan. Yeah, I want to also thank you. This has been our our tagline for the podcast is unveiling the secrets that make a-list copywriters and their clients millions and man you definitely delivered so thank you for coming on if you the listener want to check out more of this podcast you can find it over at copywriterspodcast.com and i'm going to give you the last plug kyle you mentioned last episode that you have a youtube channel and you didn't tell us where to find that so i'm going to let you i'm going to let you take us out by letting us know where we can find your youtube channel yeah so the youtube channel is just very very cleverly named kyle milligan copywriter so you can just search that on youtube and it'll pop up uh, i do have kylethewriter.com if that's easier i have the youtube link on the website as well Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, David. Another fantastic guest, man. And until next time, we will catch y'all later. Catch y'all later. And thanks again, Kyle. Thank you. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network. 